Welcome to this week's episode of the One Play Sports Podcast, and happy Labor Day, by the way. My name is David Havner, and I am your host. We have another exciting interview this week as well. I'm going to be interviewing one of my close college friends who has experience working both with the Liberty University men's Division I basketball and hockey teams. But before I get into that, I want to cover a couple of things that happened in the sports world this past week. The Stanley Cup playoffs have entered into the conference finals for both the Eastern and the Western conferences. For the East, there is the Tampa Bay Lightning and the New York Islanders. And in the West, there is the Dallas Stars and the Vegas Golden Knights. Both of these series will be played in Edmonton along with the Stanley Cup Final. And this means that the Toronto bubble has officially concluded. One thing that I've been thinking about recently is, would having the Conference Finals and the Cup Final all in Edmonton be an advantage for the Western Conference teams? Because they've been playing their past two series there, so they're very familiar familiar with that rink in the ice versus the Eastern Conference teams that were playing their first two series in Toronto. I mean, I don't think it's going to make that much of a difference because they still aren't allowing fans or anything like that. So there's no true like home ice advantage per se, but the Western Conference teams are definitely a little more familiar with that arena and the ice. So that may give Dallas or Vegas a little bit of an advantage, but who knows? An inspiring story from this past week from the NHL is that Philadelphia Flyers forward Oscar Lindblom made his first appearance in Game 6 against the New York Islanders for the first time since recovering from cancer. He was first diagnosed in December of 2019 with Ewing scarcoma, which is a form of bone cancer. In July, he completed his chemotherapy treatments and was able to sign a three-year extension with the team. In Game 6, which was his first game back, he logged over 17 minutes of playing time, three of which included were on the power play and also had two hits and one block as well. Um, when he first appeared in the game for a face-off at center ice, both the Islanders and Flyers players were tapping their sticks to congratulate him on making it back to the NHL. That's not something you see very often where all the players on both benches and all the players on the ice were tapping your sticks for you because it shows the importance of the situation and that type of an accomplishment because I mean coming back from an injury is impressive and making it back to the NHL like a severe injury but battling a disease like cancer and then making it back to playing shape is a whole nother accomplishment and it's not even like he was coming back in the regular season like he was coming back in the second round of the playoffs in game six where his team was facing elimination like he wasn't just thrown into like a regular season game he was thrown into the fire he was able to perform um, at a high level and that's that makes me so happy for him The NBA playoffs are still in the second round of their respective playoffs in the Orlando bubble. The Heat have a commanding 3-1 series lead on the team with the best regular season record in the NBA, which is the Milwaukee Bucks. The Heat were literally the worst possible matchup for the Bucks to get because they didn't really fear the Bucks at all. The Heat had beaten the Bucks already during the regular season, both pre-Orlando and then down in the bubble during the playing games as well. Jimmy Butler and all those boys were balling out. The Bucks were able to pull out a win in overtime in game four against the Heat without their MVP candidate Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis went down in game four with an ankle injury and he was ruled out for the rest of the game. I don't know the severity of the injury or what it's going to look like moving forward for Giannis, but it's not looking good for the Bucks. 
even with Giannis in. Thankfully, they were able to hold off the Heat for a game and prevent it to be a 4 nothing sweep, but it looks like the Heat are going to be able to take care of the Bucks in about five or six games. I wouldn't even be surprised if the Heat came out of the East like they're that good. Um, I don't really see Boston or Toronto stopping them. The Celtics are also tied 2-2 in their series with Toronto. The Celtics had a commanding 2-0 series lead, there, but they were even basically up 3-0. But OG Anunoby had other plans because he hit a 3 with less than a second left on the clock to stun the Celtics. The Raptors then took care of business in Game 4, as defending champions usually do because they know how to win, and Game 5 is scheduled for Monday night. In the Western Conference, the Lakers are matched up with the Houston Rockets, and the Clippers are matched up with the Denver Nuggets. The Rockets have a 1-0 series lead with the Lakers, and the Clippers series with the Nuggets is tied at one apiece. In the series between the Clippers and the Nuggets, both games have been a blowout. The Clippers blew the doors off the Nuggets in Game 1. Denver decided to return the favor and do the same to LA in Game 2. Both of those are going to be great series, and the Western Conference is always exciting to watch but especially in the playoffs and then switching over to the MLB Mike Trout hit his 300th career home run on Saturday night versus the Houston Astros and that made him the Angels all-time franchise home run leader as well all the MLB teams are on the last third of their 60 game season now and trades are being made across the league as they're making a playoff push especially some certain contenders are making a world series run as well kind of how it gets when you get down the stretch for any professional sports league we are also less than one week away from nfl football the chiefs and the texans are kicking off the season on thursday night Final roster cuts were made around the NFL on Saturday to finalize teams' 53-man rosters. The Patriots ended up cutting kicker Nick Folk, which means they don't have a kicker on the roster currently. They had even drafted a kicker in the fifth round of the draft this past year, but that must have obviously not worked out. So it's back to square one for the kicker position in Foxborough. Who knows what Bill's plan is? Maybe he's going to go to Walmart and get somebody. You never know with Bill Belichick. One of my mottos is always trust in Bill. So he'll get the job done. It's always an interesting time in Foxborough leading up to every NFL season, but especially this year, it's a little more crazy than usual. Liberty University's Antonio Gandy-Golden made Washington's 53-man roster as well. He was their fourth-round draft pick this year as well. Antonio Gandy-Golden was Liberty University's leader for both touchdowns and receiving yards. That's a recap of some of the top stories from the sports world this past week. Now, let's get into the interview with Dave Stewart. Today's guest is a graduate from Liberty University with a bachelor's degree in sports management, and he is currently pursuing his master's in sports management with an emphasis in coaching. He is also currently working for both the Liberty University men's Division I basketball team and the Liberty men's D1 club ice hockey team. He's also from Danbury, Connecticut. Please welcome to the show, Dave Stewart. Yeah, thanks, Dave. It's great to be on the show, and I'm excited to get started. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Well, Dave, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself so they can get to know you a little bit? 
My name is Dave Stewart. I'm from Danbury, Connecticut. Uh, I graduated from Danbury High School. I got to Liberty in 2015 um, and started with basketball. And six years later, blessed to still be a part of it. Uh, graduated with sports management, as Dave said. And I'm working on my master's now. Uh, it's going well. And I've got, uh, like you said, a position with the hockey team and with the basketball team at Liberty. So I've definitely grown a lot and learned a lot about sports, you know, and how to run different operations through that. And it's, mm-hmm. been, it's been great. So how long have you known that you wanted to work in sports and like what's kind of the end goal for you career wise? So sports have been my passion for, for most of my life. Growing up with a, with my dad loves sports and we, we've had season tickets to different teams and I've been to some really cool different events. So sports has been my passion. My career goal has changed over the years, but now my career goal is to be a division one college basketball coach. Uh, I've kind of gotten, you know, really into that. Mm-hmm. And so that's right now, that's my, uh, that's my career goal. Oh, that's awesome. So what type of courses, like when you're taking a sports management degree, like what, what are the type of classes that you're taking? Um, sport management, you take like um, classes on a whole plethora of things. There's facilities classes, there's coaching classes, there's academic classes where you have to be able to control your athletes' academics. There's budgeting classes, so financial classes. There's sport business classes, a whole bunch of different things like that. Just a whole ra- a whole big, big survey of different things in sports. Oh, wow. Sounds like a good, like that pretty well-rounded program. Yeah, it's really great. So how did you originally get involved with the Liberty basketball team? (laughs) It's actually a funny story. I saw Coach McKay in the Rot, which is the dining hall at Liberty, um, which people that went to Liberty would know Mm -hmm. that that's called the Rot. So I had seen him at the Rot, and I just was like, hey, listen, uh, I'd love to work for you. Like, if there's anything I could do, please let me know. Mm -hmm. And he had just been – hired by Liberty that April. And I had met him in like September. He had come from Virginia where he was in the associate head coach for the past six years. Mm -hmm. So it was a brand new program. I don't think there was really much there, much going on. So, you know, perfect timing. Um, Mm-hmm. And I, you know, was was allowed to come in and try out and, you know, see what I could do. And six years later, we're uh, we're still there moving up and just, you know, loving it. Yeah. He, he had been a coach at Liberty before his time at um, UVA, right? Yeah. Like, so well, he was here for two years. He actually recruited Seth Curry and Seth Curry played for us for oh, two wow. years prior. And then Coach McKay went to Virginia for six years mm-hmm. uh, with, under Tony Bennett. Tony Bennett. Obviously, that's a pretty big program. They yeah. just won the national championship. National champions, yeah. Pack um, line defense. And then he came back. And so then in 2015, he came back and we're going into our sixth year. Wow. that's It's crazy you've been there that long already. Yeah, it goes by so fast. I bet. So what were your typical duties being a manager for the team? So being a manager, we, uh, we all had a laundry day a week where we just had to clean the coaches and players laundry and put that away. Practices looked like an array of different things. There was rebounding, there was refereeing drills, there was being involved in drills, um, videoing practices, uh, doing the scoreboard for practices, just kind of being a support for the players and the coaches, whatever they may need. It's a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. And then during games, again, there's just so much. There's mm-hmm. um, the stools for timeouts, different stats being taken, the water bottles, the towels, setting up the stuff for pregame from the Powerade to the players' jerseys. To it, It's so much that gets involved in it, but it's yeah. such a great learning experience. I bet. Sounds like a little bit of everything. So I feel like yeah. your, your head would be 100 miles an hour trying to like make sure everything is all set. Yeah, once you 
you kind of get a routine, you kind of know exactly what needs to be done. But yeah, there's, yeah. you know, you can't, managers are responsible for a lot of the little things. Yeah. And they're little things that will be noticed if it's not done. Oh, yeah. I so there's so many little things that, you know, you're obviously naturally going to forget some at some point. And it's not going to be the best reaction from the coaches. But, you know, you just laugh at it later and, and learn yeah. from it. Yeah, you'll hear about it for sure. Oh, you will. You will hear about it. So the Liberty men's basketball team went from the youngest team in all of division one basketball to winning two straight conference championships in the matter of five years, almost three. What are just some things you've noticed from the development of the program over the past five years? Uh, I'd say the biggest thing is the culture that's in our program. So coach McKay really stresses culture and a player led program. So our guys hold each other accountable in the classroom. They hold each other accountable on the court. Um, they all live, we all live uh, to, together there's usually three per apartment mm -hmm. so we're all mixed in together we have a great off the court team with in terms of relationships like we'll watch football together and whatever obviously uh make fun of each other's teams and just mess around with each other oh, so yeah the relationships are so strong off the court that you really want to play hard for each other on the court. And it took a while, as you said, I mean, we were we lost our first 13 straight division one games in 2015. <laughs> And, you know, got all the way to the point now where we're, we're contending for conference championships. And, uh, I mean, we even won a tournament game, which I'm sure we'll get into at some point. But Oh, yeah. Um, so, it, you know, it's it's really about culture and loving the people you do life with every day. So the coaching staff gets along well with the players. Everybody respects everybody. Everybody's job is important. And that's seen. Everybody's appreciated. And just a really great program to work for, led by Coach McKay, who's built that culture. Yeah, for sure. And definitely one of the other things I feel like was the player development. Because Coach McKay recruited players like Lavelle Cabell, who he was his only Division One scholarship offer, right? Yeah, Lavelle and uh, Georgie Pacheco-Ortiz, who's actually the winningest player in Liberty basketball history. Uh, they only had one scholarship offer each. But yeah, the player development, uh, our strength coach, Henry Barrera, in the weight room, you see their way their bodies have transformed. We feed into these guys in terms of basketball and then spiritually and, you know, just how to become great men on and off the court. And it's it's really shown in their four-year development. That's a good point. Yeah, the player development's been a huge key in, in it too. Definitely, especially with most of the players staying for four years, Liberty's not a program where you get a lot of one and done so you can really like foster that relationship and see a you know a player grow over there for yeah years. And, and i mean the one and dones obviously those are great players but oh, yeah. it turns out when you when you have a senior leading team like we had you know in 2019 and then in 2020 obviously the tournament got canceled but we i yeah. think we had a chance to uh, make some noise in it when you have a bunch of seniors that have been together they know how to play together mm -hmm. It leads to special things, which we saw the last two years. So, oh yeah, especially that last game at Vines, that was something incredible. That was that was a lot of fun. We didn't know it would be our last game as a team. No, see with COVID and everything, but that yeah. was a great way to end that season and send off four for great sure. Teams. For sure, end of the season on a W. So after losing on a buzzer beater to Radford in the Big South Championship game, what was it like to be back in the same spot that following year? Like at, you're on the road at Lipscomb. They're one of the best teams in the A-Sun Conference. Obviously, they they were basically both undefeated in the A-Sun that season because I know it was the team's first year in the A-Sun Conference. So just like what was that like and like actually winning the team's first conference championship in a little while? 
Yeah, so obviously the Rafford game was really tough. So we, had, you know, we'd come a long way the first three years, and mm-hmm. you know, to get to that champion, our, our, we were eight and eight in conference that year, I think. Don't quote me on. We we were about five hundred, and we just struggled, and and there was a lot of ups and downs that year. We were down eighteen in the semifinal game to UNC Asheville, came back and beat them to go to the championship game, and yeah. that Rafford game was a dogfight. And for him to hit that yeah. shot, I mean, I'll never forget that moment. That yeah. that's yeah, the worst, me too. worst moment of my life. Yeah, me too. We worked so hard uh, to get our first championship and then to lose like that was brutal. But there's the grass is greener uh, on the other side. We moved to the A-Sun and Lipscomb was really good. They beat us, if you can recall, by about 30. Yeah, that was bad. First time we played them, we were both 8-0 and in conference and they yeah. came to Lynchburg and beat us by 30 at home. Beat, beat the absolute bejesus out of us. Yeah. yeah, it was tough. So we had to go back to the drawing board. We, we knew that if we wanted to get to where we wanted to go, we were going to have to beat them at some point. I mean, they, they yeah. had controlled the conference for a couple years now. So we went on the road in the regular season after they beat us by 30 and ended up beating them. We dominated them pretty well. I think it was like a seven-point win, but we were up double digits most of the game. So then the championship comes along. We're tied for first, but they have the tiebreaker. Mm -hmm. Um, So we have to go there again. And it's Allen Arena is what it's called. It's in Nashville. I mean, it is packed. There is no to breathe in there. The students are going crazy. We were down eight at one point. So Asana Sajala, who's a center, he's a big man. He stole the ball from Caleb Holmesley, who's an NBA player who's going to the NBA here, at the top of the key and went down and dunked it to put them up eight in the first half. And our guys just stuck together. We ended up coming all the way back in the first half. We were up one at halftime. And I mean, it was just a stressful game. It, it was a lot of fun mm-hmm. looking back, but I mean, it was back and forth and big three after big three and foul mm-hmm. call after, you know, and it was it was crazy. And then, you know, Georgie hits the three in the corner, which is probably the most known shot in Liberty history to yep. put us up four with like 15 seconds left. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at that point, you know, we're just... I actually, they came down and made an and one, but he missed the free throw. So we were still up two and then mm-hmm. Scotty made two free throws and Caleb made two free throws. And then just the exhilaration of running out on that court after mm-hmm. we won, after what we had been through last year. Um, we, I went from the worst sports moment in my life to the best within yeah. 65 days. So, I mean, that, that was unbelievable. That was an unbelievable feeling. A lot of hard work paid off. No, for sure. Cause I mean, I know how much you would want I know how much you wanted that ring I know like I know that how much you had wanted that conference championship and like I think it was your senior year for bachelor's degree so finally just to be able to get one as a manager that definitely yeah it was it was my last year you know as a as a uh, undergrad student manager so I mean selfishly you know you obviously you want to you want to win one and so having the privilege to be you know a manager that was uh kind of at the top of the you know, the food chain being a senior, mm-hmm. you know, being able to travel a lot and get to know the guys. It was a great senior year. And then to cap it off like that. I mean, I shouldn't even say cap it off because no, then we went to the tournament done yet. special things too. Yeah. But to cap off the A Sun like that was uh was pretty special. Plus I know Lavelle Cabell had suffered an injury in the semifinal game as well. They, yeah, yep. I don't know what type of injury it was, but I know that I was watching the game and I saw him go down and I was like, oh no, like this yeah, is so- not good. It was about six minutes left. I'm not sure exactly how much it was. It was towards the end of the second half. We were playing North Florida at home in Lynchburg and it was a great game. It was back and forth, but Lavelle went out. He, he went up to grab a rebound and fell and hurt his knee. And he's had knee problems in the past. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to lie. The way he went down, we all were like, he's like, I thought it's it was an ACL. Down. I thought it was an ACL. I hate that word, but yes. Yeah. That, that's what I thought. <laughs> so we really, and he was our best defender by far. He was guarding the best player. So we, 
we had to come together, get some stops, and we ended up winning mm-hmm. that game. We still didn't know what was going on with Lavelle. So it definitely dampered the mood. You would think you would just, you know, you win a game to go to the championship, you're going crazy. But in the no. locker room, it was definitely a little dampered down because we did not know what was happening with Lavelle, which he was he was a team leader that year. Yeah. Um, and we got the news early in the week that he was going to go. Mm-hmm. We kind of kept it out of the media. Oh yeah. It was just, it was for our team to know. So, I mean, as a fan on the outside, I'd be freaking out because we didn't know what was going to happen with Lavelle, but we mm-hmm. knew I mean, it was his senior year. He yeah. just lost to Radford the year before. Yeah. We knew he was probably going to go unless he was in a wheelchair. <laughs> yeah. Um, On crutches still go out there. Championship. So yeah, he right. brought Garrison Matthews who had 30 points at Madison Square Garden for the Wizards. Yeah, so that was sure. Yeah. For sure. So after that game at Lipscomb, they went to the March Madness tournament. So like, what was it like just being a part of going to March Madness and like being able to experience that. Also, the team won their first ever tournament, NCAA tournament game. So just like, what was that kind of whole experience like? So if you don't mind, I don't want to skip over Selection Sunday because that oh, was... Oh, that's true, yeah. Um, of course. So we had won the championship on a Sunday and then we had the whole week where we, you know... We got back. We were hanging out with each other. We were laughing. We cut the nets, you know, just all the fun stuff that you do. Mm-hmm. And so Sunday comes around and um, we're just waiting to see who we're going to play. And we had scouted a bunch of different teams that we could possibly play based on predictions. Mm-hmm. And our name came up, you know, 12, the 12-5 12, uh, game against Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, so there's exhilaration. You know, we knew, we finally knew who we were playing. We knew we were going to California. So we got on the um, the charter flight. You fly private to the NCAA tournament. So mm-hmm. we had a private jet. Uh, we took that into California a couple days early. And then all the stuff that goes into the NCAA tournament, even outside of the game, like the police escorts, the hotel mm-hmm. is unbelievable. Like you turn the TV on, it says, welcome, David Stewart. You are in March Madness. You know, like it's just, you know, you go in the room and there's, there's, a, there's things on the door that say, welcome to March Madness. You know, Liberty Flames, there's brackets everywhere. It's just like they treat you amazing. That's insane. And then obviously the game comes along and it's right back to – you know, no more fun, just like focused. Yeah, laser focus. Um, and that was, I mean, we were down eight with seven minutes left in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, it might even have been 10. Yeah. Our guys stuck like together and, and they were like, listen, this is not, we're a defensive minded team. We're going to get stops and we're going to come back and win this game. Yeah. And then the look in their eyes and Caleb Holmes, he had 30, which was unbelievable. But oh yeah, just the look in their eyes and the way they just attacked and went after yeah. it. I mean, it was just, and we won that game and it, that was to come in the locker room and they've got a big bracket in your locker room in the NCAA yeah. tournament. And when you win, you move your name to advance mm-hmm. um and, and those moments are unforgettable that those moments i have videos on my phone that i'll watch forever oh, i bet to win that game was just and then to move on to play virginia tech in the round of 32 it was just a dream mm-hmm. come true so yeah that was a great moment for us all right it's kind of switching gears a little bit so i don't know how much you can like really share about like the training and like what goes on with the basketball team but like how is like the different covid restrictions kind of changed the way the players have been like training and like preparing and stuff like that so our guys we we have the gator masks which are the ones that go around your neck and come up mm-hmm. coaches we wear those coaches and managers wear them the whole practice you know if we need to breathe a little bit or whatever we can take it down but yeah we social distance our guys wear masks um we have individual groups with less guys than normal so yeah we're, we're totally going by the protocols there and obviously things are a little different right now but uh oh yeah of course we really respect the protocols you know our guys test and we just you mm-hmm. know symptom test every day and we do things like that just to make sure that we're uh we're being safe and and keeping precautions oh for sure 
So the ASON did cancel fall sports, right? Or yes, they canceled fall competition. So what does that mean for basketball? Is there any – there's no non-conference play, right? Or no, what is um, it? Basketball is a winter sport. So we're – I think our first game scheduled November, November. 10th. Okay. We don't know when we're starting. We don't know yeah. what's going to happen. We don't know the different uh, things the NCAA is going to decide. They should be coming up with a decision soon, but we haven't had anything affected yet on our end. That's um, good. So we'll just have to wait for the NCAA to make their determination. Yeah, just give it give it time. Just... Exactly, yep. So what's your role with club sports and the Liberty hockey team? Like, what are you doing with them right now? Uh, I'm the video coordinator for Coach Kirk Handy. So that's scouting opponents, uh, getting our video from games and breaking that down, showing our guys film sessions, individual film, team sessions, uh, getting film from opponents that we're going to play in the future, breaking that down and sending that stuff to the coaches and the players. So that's a lot of fun too. I travel around with them. I bet. Uh, and I'm able to do that. So that's... Yeah, I bet that must be a nice change of pace from basketball too. You get to be around the ice too, and I know they're a, they're an awesome group of guys. I've had some some interactions with them. So yeah, it's a great group. Uh, it's a great coaching staff. So it's fun to be a part of that coaching staff. Um, and I definitely really enjoy those guys and being with that team. It's a blessing to be able to do that. Yeah, so I, I've definitely enjoyed it. And I always have loved hockey, but I got way more like I know more about like the insides of hockey now. Oh yeah. So it's more fun to watch games now, like the playoff games that are going on now. Oh yeah, and I mean, I vote. Me and you have watched playoff hockey all our, all our years at Liberty, and we always yeah. joke. Me, a joke. Me and you always had was we loved overtime hockey in the playoffs when it wasn't our team. Exactly. So I like I like watching other people. I like watching David Hevner watch the Capitals in overtime. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I I don't, but yeah. you know, I can't imagine sitting through that five overtime game with, with Columbus and Tampa. Like oh, I couldn't. Gosh, I mean, that was insane. I, I, so funny story about that. I was actually at the rink that day for work. It was oh, like no. two. 30 yeah. and I looked at the score and it was whatever it was 2-2 9 o'clock at night I'm like I wonder who won that Columbus game I'm gonna go back and check <laughs> it was still going on I could I thought my phone didn't update I couldn't believe it yeah. those guys must have been exhausted skating's hard folks skating is brutal I know somebody played for like I think it was Seth Jones played for like 65 60 minutes. minutes that's crazy yeah because I mean I went to work at like four o'clock and the game was still on at 9 30 oh, when I yeah. came <laughs> but yeah that was insane all right, one final question, and then we'll get into some sports predictions. So if somebody wants to work in sports, like, why do you think they should take the sports management route? Um, I mean, obviously, if you're interested in sports, sport management is going to be the best because it, it shows you all, you know, it shows you how to be a journalist, a reporter, a coach, a facility manager, you know, there's a marketer, you know, so many different options. And obviously, that's going to be the best route if you know for sure you want to directly work in sports. Mm-hmm, for sure. All right, so let's just do some predictions real quick. First off, we're going to go hockey, Stanley Cup. We are in the second round right now, almost to the conference finals. I believe there is a game on tonight. Is the Islanders and Flyers are on now. Are they? Yeah, they're going to overtime, 4-4 end of the third. Love Islanders that. Islanders up 3-2 in that series. Okay. It's Tampa is playing. Tampa is playing the winner of this series. The winner of this series. And then the Canucks and Golden Knights are playing the winner of the Avalanche and Dallas Stars. So, yeah, we're almost to the conference finals, but who do you think is going to come out of each conference with who's left and who's going to take the cup? I think Tampa's going to win the East. They've suppo- they have been supposed to win it for a couple years now. They haven't been able to capitalize. Yeah, uh, I think they're they've looked really good. I think they're going to end up beating the Flyers or the Islanders and win the East. And then it's tough. I think the Golden Knights beat the Canucks for sure. 
Yeah. Dallas and Colorado, it's 3-2 Dallas, but Colorado is good. I think Dallas will end up winning it. Yeah. And then you got the Canucks, who are so impressive. I mean, they're they're a, a team that was just created, what, two years ago? Uh, um, no, the Golden Knights um, were a couple years ago. Golden but, Knights, that's what I meant. Go, w- when were they created? Uh, three, 20, three, 2018 was the first year, and they lost to the Capitals in the Cup Final. But they got to the Cup as a In the first know, year. Yeah, team. that's... I, I think you'll see Dallas play the Lightning, and I'll take the Lightning. Yeah. Colorado was my original pick to come out of the West when this started. I mean, it's not looking too good for them right now. I mean, they're still pretty, they're still a good team. I mean, they could pull out yeah, they Another just gotta win the next two. Two wins against Dallas. So Dallas is a pretty hot team as well. The Islanders are hot. Yeah, I just hate them. Yeah, they gave the Caps the works, and then are the they're taking it to the Flyers, a team that I thought was very hot. So it's gonna be interesting to see who wins that series. Flyers win tonight, then they go to Game Seven, and Game Sevens are amazing. So Game Seven, yeah, Game Seven playoff hockey. Um, I'm gonna say Colorado is coming out of the West or okay. Vegas, but I like Colorado still, and then. Tampa. That's going to be one heck of a series. I think Tampa would probably win it all, but who knows? So yeah. we're on the same page with Tampa, yeah. Tampa. I like Tampa. They're a solid team and a bunch of former Rangers. I know you like that. Yeah, that's well. why I like them. Yeah. As well. So with the NBA, who do you think is going to come out of each conference and win it all? Oh, you know me. I grew up a huge Kobe fan, which is why I'm a Laker fan. All New York sports except the NBA. I like the Lakers. I'm picked the Lakers out of the West. They looked really good. Yeah. Offensively. Uh, I think the Rockets are good. But I don't think they can. They pose enough a defensive threat at all to beat the Lakers. Yeah, I think the Clippers will beat the Nuggets, and then I think the Lakers and Clippers is going to be a dogfight. It's it's a toss up, but you know, as a Laker fan, I think the Lakers yeah. end up getting it done in seven. Um, yeah. On the Eastern Conference side, if you asked me last week, I would have told you the Bucks, but no. The Bucks are down 2-0, so... Yeah, they're in a little um, bit of a trouble. Honestly, the Heat look really good. They're well-coached. Yeah. They play as a team. Without yeah. Gordon Hayward, I don't know if the Celtics end up beating the Heat. Also, you know what? Also take the Bucks, because that was my original prediction. I'll go Bucks-Lakers. Bucks? Wow, I'm going to have to win four of the next five. That'd be... Four of the next six. Or, no, five. Was, yeah, you're right. Four of the next five. Oh, that's tough. That's, that's tough. <laughs> but I like to stick with my original predictions. Okay, like me with the avalanche, you can stick with the box. Um, that's tough. Like for the East, that's a good series between Boston and Toronto right now. They're a solid. That's gonna be a probably a six or seven game series, but I still think Boston is the better team. I do. Um, I take Boston. That's and then with Miami and Bucks, obviously the Miami Heat are up two zero at this point, but I see it potentially going six games. But I do see the Heat coming out on top. I think it's going seven, six or seven, because the Bucks really did go get momentum in the second half of that game. Questionable calls at the end of that one. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And then the West, I do see the Lakers beating all the Rockets, but with if the Rockets can figure it out offensively, because I know the series against the Thunder, James Harden had some struggles shooting the ball, but they can kind of figure it out. They're going to be a tough team to beat, but I still do pick the uh, Lakers. And then for Clippers, Nuggets, I'm going to take the Clippers as well. Kind of typical, but I do think the Clippers are the better team, and the Nuggets just got out of a dogfight with Utah in seven games, so they're going to be tired from that series as well. So for the West, Western Conference Finals, both the LA teams and in the East, it's going to be Boston and Miami. I'm going to say Clippers out of the West and then Miami out of the East. 
Okay. Go for the underdog. I like Miami. And then I'm going to take the Clippers. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take the Clippers to win it all. And then for the MLB, I know their season is still kind of going on and has a like, good amount of ways to go. But just do you think there's a team that you think is going to win it all at this point? Yeah, I want to say the Yankees get healthy and get hot, but the Dodgers just look so good and their pitching is so good. Yeah. Uh, but that's the easy pick right now is to go with the Dodgers. I mean, they obviously just signed Mookie Betts, who's been good for them. Yeah. Their pitching. Yeah, that and, still hurts. But, you yeah, know. The, the Red Sox are, you're happy it's a 60-game season. <laughs> Yeah, thank God. <laughs> uh, so I, I'll go with the Dodgers. If Dodgers. we interview, you know, again in you know a month, maybe my prediction will change. But I'll go with yeah. the Dodgers. Dodgers. Uh, yeah, the Dodgers are super hot. I hope it. I hope that it's their year, just because like they've obviously been through two World Series with the Astros, and we all know what's been going on with that. So they deserve they they deserve it. Plus, I like Mookie Betts still. Um, I, I like the Dodgers. They've always been a good team. I like Dave Roberts, so it's yeah. kind of a. It's a good team. I think they've got a good chance. The Padres yeah. are hot, though, right now, too. Padres are hot. Tampa's are pretty solid in the American League. Yeah. So. Padres just traded from uh, Mike Clevenger from the Indians, who's a really good pitcher. Oh, shoot. They're going all in. Looks yeah, they're like. going all in, yeah. Now we'll get into the rapid-fire questions. So, favorite school you've traveled to with the basketball team or just, like, favorite place? Uh... San Jose, California for the NCAA tournament. Okay. What was like your favorite like university that you traveled to? Um, Wake Forest. Wake Forest. Oh, really? They have a nice arena on there. Yeah, it's cool. That you know, just seeing the the guys that they had play there, like Chris Paul and yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen those posters and stuff like that, and we beat them too. That was yeah, I remember that. I was there for that one too. That was a good ACC school to travel to for sure, and it's close to school, so it's not like super far either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, favorite type of food? Uh, I'm a big food guy. I'd probably go with a well, perfectly cooked steak. A steak? Yeah. Wow. Surprised it wasn't like some New York pizza. I know you. That's um, yeah. That's that's one A. <laughs> steak is one. New York pizza is one A. All right. So when you're not watching sports, what are you watching on TV? Uh, sports. Sports. <laughs> uh, I I do watch some Netflix shows. I like marine shows. So like I liked there was a show called Shooter on Netflix that I went through. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I like like marine shows and, and a movie that was about how they captured Osama bin Laden. I forget. A SEAL Team Six. Z- oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Zero Dark Thirty. Or is that a separate one? Zero Dark. It's a separate one, but I've also okay. seen that. So yeah, if I'm not watching sports, it's probably. It's like action stuff. The, the, the military. I love that type of stuff Marines, too. Military, whatever. Yeah. You know, kind of Favorite sports movie? Uh, Coach Carter. That's a good basketball movie. movie. Have you seen it? It's a great movie. I don't think I have actually. Oh, you gotta. You have to see it. Blindside's a close second. I really. Yeah, I love that movie. It, the crazy thing with the blind side too is SJ Tui, who's in that movie, now works for Liberty Football. Yeah, yeah, he's on Hugh Freeze's staff. He's on Hugh advisor. Freeze's staff because I know Hugh Freeze knows the Tui family pretty well, which is really cool. Uh, favorite video game? Um, I like Call of Duty. Yeah, Modern Warfare. Search and Destroy, right? Yeah. Sometimes we even get on there together. Yeah, it's a good time. Favorite professional sports league? You got to pick one. Which one is it? <laughs> Wow, Dave. Go for the jugular. The NFL. The NFL. Wow. Favorite sports moment witness in person. We kind of covered that already, but that I don't like outside of what I work for. Or I mean, even if it's a work one. Well, 
let's do both like one that you're like a staff member and then one that you're okay, just like so my favorite sports moment as a staff member was winning the 2019 ASUN championship that was exhilarating and my favorite sports moment that I've been at was probably the Giants beating the Cowboys in a playoff game at MetLife Stadium um, I'm, we're, a se- we're season ticket holders so we get to go to the playoff games and that was a lot of fun I bet but that was a cold day too it was freezing, but we ended up going on to win the Super Bowl that year. So, oh yeah. All right. What's your favorite part about attending Liberty? Uh, probably my involvement with the two jobs that I have with hockey and basketball, and my best friends are on those teams and on the coaching staff. So, my involvement with the with the sports teams and just the way they feed into you spiritually and as a as a person, uh, I, that's probably my favorite part of being there. It's definitely not the school. No, I don't blame you. All right, Dave, do you want to give the listeners a way to connect with you if they have any questions about getting a sports management degree or even just working in the sports world? Sure, yeah. So you can follow me on Instagram at David underscore Stewart, uh, which is S-T-U-A-R-T 24. That's my Instagram. Um, And then I'm also active on Twitter. And my Twitter would be at David underscore Stewart underscore. So those are probably the best ways to connect with me. Also, my email is dstewart at liberty.edu. Um, so those are the ways you can connect with me and I'm happy to answer questions or talk or whatever. Awesome. All right. Well, Dave, thanks for coming on the show today. It was great to talk to you and learn more about your experiences with the Liberty basketball team and the NCAA tournament and pursuing a sports management degree. I'll have to have you on the show again soon. Yeah, Dave, thanks so much. It was a pleasure to get to talk and get to share. So thanks for having me. It was a privilege. you guys enjoyed that interview thank you again dave for coming on the show and sharing about pursuing your sports management degrees and your time working with the liberty university men's basketball and hockey teams i know you're probably listening because you've been a faithful listener of the podcast and i really appreciate that thank you guys again for tuning into the podcast i really do appreciate it it's crazy to think that this is the sixth episode that i've done so far i know it's not a ton of episodes but it's crazy that the time has gone by so fast Be sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to it on. It helps with the ratings and I really do appreciate it. Every little review or rating helps a ton. Be sure to follow the podcast on all of its social media for the most up-to-date information and content regarding the podcast. And as always, if you have any questions, feel free to DM me and I will be happy to answer them on an upcoming podcast episode. Be sure to tune into next week's episode. I'm really excited about that one. It's going to be my biggest guest yet. I'm going to be interviewing another person in the sports media world. I hope you guys have a great week and I'll see you next Monday with another exciting interview. Woo!